And it happens to me all the time still. People will say, oh, so where are you from? And I go, Dallas. Oh, you don't have a Dal you don't have a Texan accent. And I'm like, no, no, I don't. And they're like, well, were you born there? No, no, I wasn't. Well, where were you born? Where are you from? And I'm just like, oh man, here we go again. Taylor Stevens. I'm the New York Times bestselling award-winning author of the Vanessa Michael Monroe thrillers. I'm here today with my good friend Steve Campbell and we are talking about, wait, what are we talking about, Steve? Well, the first time you and I talked many, 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 many moons ago uh, for a show called Murders, Mysteries, and Mayhem, you used a phrase and it was the first time I'd ever heard it. And that phrase was third culture kids. And because I didn't want to sound like an ignoramus, I just kind of <laughs> pretended I knew what you were talking about. And I just, you know, you couldn't see me nodding sagely, but I was nodding sagely into the microphone. Um, but it, it's it's a term that, that you have used more often since then. And I actually saw a post that you did on Facebook not that long ago saying that you had used third culture kids in every book other than The Vessel. Can you name them? And I'm like, uh, no, I can't. I could name, you know, I could name some that are in all the book or in most of the books. So that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about third culture kids. Who are they? What are they? What makes them different? Are you one? And, uh, you know, that's it. Take it away. Third culture kids. All right. Third culture kids. So uh, I learned about this term, I guess, uh, maybe a year or two after I was finally out of the cult. And essentially it, it describes children who grow up in a culture that is not they're the third culture. For example, their parents may be from the United States, and they are living in Cameroon, but the child is neither American nor Cameroonian because they carry the passport of their parents, but they don't know their parents' culture, and they are inside the culture of Cameroon, but they're not Cameroonian, so therefore they're a third culture. Those are third culture kids. You find them um, military brats, children whose parents are English teachers who, you know, teach English in multiple countries around the world. Uh, there's, there's all different ways that a child can become a third culture kid, but it all boils down to they are being raised in a country by parents who are not of that country and the child doesn't actually belong to either. So for someone like me, who was raised by American parents in America, in the same state for my entire childhood, this is completely foreign to me. Not, not right. unlike your background is, is completely foreign to me. And, and it sounds like you were one of these kids because your parents were, I'm assuming, were American, and you were raised sort of all over the place. Right. And so... That the something that there are, there are things that all third culture kids will get that a lot of people who didn't spend a lot of time moving from place to place or in cultures outside their own don't get. Um, and, and it doesn't even necessarily mean that you had to travel abroad. I mean, it is generally that's what it's generally considered, but 
you might have someone who was, their parents are from New York, they were raised in Arizona for three months, and then they moved to Alaska for 10 months, and then this, and they're just bounced all over the place. They're going to relate to a lot of the same things that uh, a traditionally known third culture kid will relate to, mm-hmm. even though they, it's, they're still generally inside the same culture that they were born in and to. So, uh, what, like, for a third culture kid, one of the most difficult questions to answer is, so where are you from? <laughs> and you're like, hmm, where do you even start? And it, it happens to me all the time still. People will say, oh, so where are you from? And I go, Dallas. <laughs> oh, you don't have a Dal- you don't have a Texan accent. And I'm like, no, no, I don't. And they're like, well, were you born there? No, no, I wasn't. <laughs> well, where were you born? Where are you from? And I'm just like, oh, man, here we go again. And that's when I'm just like not offering any information because a lot of times people will say, well, where are you from? And I'm like, hmm, yeah, I don't have a home. Well, how could you not have a home? Uh, well, I grew up all over the world. Really? Where did you grow up? Well, I spent some time in this, you know, in there and some time here and some time here. And they're like, really? What, what were your parents doing? Okay. <laughs> where, where do I go with this one? You know, how much time do I actually want to sit here and talk to this person? Because if it's someone that I like and I'm on a plane and I'm bored or whatever, I'll say, oh, they were cult members. <laughs> and that's a good two hours right there. Done. Either Done that or the conversation is over right at that oh, point. It, no, it's never over. Okay. All right. Never <laughs> over. I don't know. <laughs> so where, where are you from is a really, really difficult question for third culture kids to answer. Another is that in general, and we, these are general rules, we tend to see the world differently from somebody who's been born and raised and stayed in the same place. And, and when I say differently, I'm often, I'm referring in this case to people who grew up or raised in first world countries. Third culture kids have a tendency to not take hot water for granted. (laughs) Um, We're, we're often surprised that, you know, things work and, you know, you can stand in line and, and there's somebody on the other end of the phone or whatever and, and things work. Uh, there's just, there's a whole list, you know, you can, you can say, you can bounce from one language to the next to the next and never even bat an eye. You, you don't get the pop culture references that a lot of people around you get. Uh, you, you come across as different because you don't have the same cultural mannerisms as where you are right now. It, it, it just goes on and on. There's huge lists. And you can go to, to sites. Uh, you can even go, uh, search for Third Culture Kid on Facebook or in Google, and you'll turn up all kinds of forums where people are talking about their experiences. You know, read and be fascinated. It's enjoy. It's, it's funny. Um, all kinds of funny stories. And, you know, you'll, you'll hear stories from kids who, well, they're adults now, but, you know, who may, may have spent years living in Africa and They'll be telling that to some friend back in the States and, and people will be like, so did, did you buy your clothes at the airport? Just random stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, and, and it's funny. And so anyway, yeah, it's, it's we even if like I was raised in a cult and somebody else was raised by English teaching parents and somebody else was a military brat, we're still going to get a lot of the same concepts because we're just different than somebody who's grown up in one place their whole life. Now, that's that's interesting because I, I would see one of the real challenges of growing up in different places as as this sense of feeling like you don't belong 
wherever you may be. Or, or maybe it's the opposite. Maybe you feel like you belong wherever you are. No, but there's it, never going to be home. You're never going to be home. It sounds like there is a sense of belonging, though, with other people who have the same set of experiences. Yes, that's 100% true. So that's sort of the culture that the third culture kids belong to, which is really yes. interesting. You know, gr- growing up, I grew up in Ohio, and you won't know this because you're a third culture kid, and, and you... <laughs> Um, But when you grow up in Ohio, if you're a boy, you're given a shot at birth, and that shot injects scarlet and gray into your bloodstream, into your bloodstream. Why? And that way you're an Ohio State fan for life. Oh, you're you're pulling my leg I was joking. See, that's the cultural references that that (laughs) you may not get, and that was not planned. I'm already so literal as it is. But I... I know my wife's like, you know, you haven't lived in Ohio for 35 years. What is the deal? And it's like, you don't understand. That's the way it is. That's the way we are. You know, this is, this is us. It's we. And I don't know what it would be like to not have that sense of we. It's not even just a sense of we. Um, in many cases, there's no sense. I mean, you see this in Monroe. She's obviously a third culture kid. And she says this to Miles Bradford in The Informationist when he asks her, where's her sense of patriotism? And she just looks at him like, what? When you haven't been raised in a country devoted to that country, you don't have that sense of belonging where you will live and fight and die for your country because you don't have one. What do you have? What, I, I have I've heard the phrase passport country. I mean, yeah, that's what you call it. That's your passport country. But some third culture kids have two or three passports. It's, it's who you adopt, I suppose, as your own. Like, I call myself an American because I am an American. That's my passport country. But this is where, ultimately, I've lived more than any one place in my life and where I, I get the culture better than— like, I don't, There's no other place where I get the culture better than here, even if I don't always get the culture here either. So I'm, I'm an American, but I'm not really an American. <laughs> I, maybe the closest thing you could— describe me to is someone who was nationalized as a child and or as a teenager, maybe. And so, but even they would have a home that they had come from originally that might feel like home to them. So I don't know. I really don't know. You, you adopt, you adopt where you belong and, and you try and become that to the best of your ability. But I will never be able to relate to some things that people who have lived here their whole life do or think the way they think and stuff. So as as someone who lives in Texas and who has lived in Texas for a period of time, not your entire life, do you see this whole Texan thing that it's like Texas against the rest of the country that that some Texans have and that, you know, we're bigger, we're better, we're all these things. Do you see that as odd because you're sort of an outsider? Well, no, because I see everything as odd (laughs) because I'm an outsider to everything. But also there are a lot of stereotypes about Texas in the sense that. Now, wait a minute. You're not going to tell me that wearing a big belt buckle (laughs) and cowboy boots to work (laughs) and a cowboy hat was uh, stereotypical. It's so stereotypical. (laughs) uh, You know, it's interesting. Texas is probably, I think it's the fastest growing state right now in the country. And I live in Dallas. Dallas-Fort Worth metro area is one of the fastest growing metro areas. It was the fastest for a while. Austin might be be overtaking us in, in growth 
and, and Houston also, uh, we can't keep up. We cannot keep up with the infusion of people moving here. So, and it's been this way for a while. It's just people are hearing about it now. So even though you do get a lot of that conservatism and, and that, you know, big hat, whatever attitude of let's just succeed and everything, um, succeed, sorry, <laughs> pronounce that wrong. Um, it's not, it's not endemic. It's not like everybody here is like that. It's, it's, there's a lot of middle ground here and a lot of transplants. So it's, it's a big, huge melting pot. If you had to write a book about a Texan who'd spent their entire life as a Texan and, you know, say, say you're writing uh, the next book in the series from Miles, well, he's, he's, would be far too sophisticated for this, but, you know, someone who's just a Texan. And how would, how would you get into that sort of a mindset to write that? I would find some friends who have family who live maybe uh, outside the city, uh, one of the smaller towns outside, and I would try and get myself invited to a 4th of July or a Memorial Day event and just hang out with them and just listen. And just absorb it all. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what I do when I'm writing any, when I'm going into any foreign culture. Mm-hmm. I, I do a lot of listening and, and listening to people talk and, and talk about their experiences or just things that have happened to them. And so I would have to treat it like I was going into a foreign culture. Okay. All right. Now let's talk about the third culture kids in the book. Obviously, there's Monroe, there's Logan, there's Hannah, and that's, that's where I drop off. Okay, so with the informationists, we've got Monroe and Logan. Um, in The Innocent, we have Hannah, but every single... Well, all the other kids, yeah. All those characters in, in The Innocent are all third, third culture kids. Um, in The Doll, it's Lumani. And in the catch, it is Amber. And is this intentional? Um, no, it is that I write, I write what makes sense to me. And because this is how I've spent my life viewing the world, I write a world that I understand from a perspective that I understand. I can write a third culture kid, I can't, and I can write characters that are different. And I, I can't write so well uh, your typical... American suburban husband and wife. Mm-hmm. Like Bradford for me is one of the hardest characters to write because even though he's sophisticated and he's been around the world and he's been in the military, he's still a Texan boy. Mm-hmm. So I, I ask for help sometimes like what would, what would Bradford, I, I go to people, what would he do in this type of a situation? How would he react in this type of a situation? Cause I want to keep it authentic. And so I, it's far easier for me to write characters that have different or international pasts than for someone who was just born and bred here in the USA. How about the mask? Is there one in the mask? Nonomi and also Makoto Dillman. I'm not going to repeat that. <laughs> <laughs> Only because I don't want to, not because I can't. <laughs> Taylor, it's my turn to pick a call to action. Okay. The show before last, not the last one, the show before last, we read a couple of reviews, but we haven't had any since then. We haven't had any iTunes reviews since then. So our call to action this week is if you're on an iPhone, 
give the show a rating through the podcast app, and just key in a short a short review. It would be very much appreciated. It helps other people find the show. If you're on iTunes, if you have an iTunes account, um, it's it's easy to do it that way. You just have to log into iTunes, find the podcast, and leave a review. We would very much appreciate it if you would do that, and we'll give you a shout-out on the next show. And not just appreciative. Here's the thing, guys. Okay. I live for praise. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'm being a little facetious. Oh, my God. That has to be the intro to the show. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, seriously, I'm just sitting here talking to a microphone, and I'm chit-chatting with my friend Steve. But if I didn't hear from people saying, oh, my God, I love your podcast, how long do you think I could keep this up? So you got to tell people and you got to review it so that other people find us, that more people can tell me, oh, I love your podcast. And then I'll keep doing them. See, that's how it works. And if you want to be really clever about it, you can even leave your Twitter handle inside there. And then we can give you a shout out on Twitter. We'll have a better idea who you are. Because some of those iTunes names are really flaky. And I, I have no idea who people are, but I feel like I should know them sometimes. And yeah, I certainly and would want to know wanna, them. If you do know who they are, you don't want to violate their privacy by giving them a shout out by name because that name wasn't in the review. And, you, you know, so. Right. But if they leave their Twitter handle in there, it's because they want to be known. There you go. So if you want to be known, leave your Twitter handle in there, and we will help to make you known, at least by our growing audience. So that's it. Anything else this week, Taylor? No, but I can't wait to see what next week brings us. (laughs) Thanks for listening, everyone. (laughs) Bye. Bye.